Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Yang. I'm Jane Bai, Li Yi, and Brandon Yates on the show. Coming up, we invite you to ride the waves of Guochao and enjoy the contemporary reinterpretation of China's timeless traditions with us. Traditional beauty aesthetics has found resonance among the younger generation of Gen Z and possibly the millennials as well. So we get into the details. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. When you're there and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review. It will help other folks find the show. And another way to get in contact with us is to send us an email or a voice question to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. We answer your questions on the show, and uh, it's going to be tailor-made towards your need. So don't miss out on that opportunity. Now on Roundtable, as we continue today's discussion. Guochao style, or called guofeng in Chinese, has swept through TV drama, movies, art, fashion, and games in China in recent years. It has also been reflected in cosmetic and beauty trends. Traditional Chinese makeup has its own style filters and beauty cam, makeup counters and physical stores. Its popularity is propelled by the influence of social media, and Chinese Gen Z doesn't seem to get enough of it. Of course, this trend doesn't go unnoticed. Cosmetic companies are quick to seize the business opportunity home and abroad. It seems that their influence is growing. So Li Yi, give us the primer on Young consumers these days embrace the traditional Chinese makeup style, and what exactly style are we even talking about? There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, I would say in recent years, especially, you can definitely see a lot of young people who embrace traditional Chinese culture or products or content using elements from traditional culture.、Uh, for example, according to Bilibili, which is a video platform favored by younger generations here in China, the number of traditional Chinese culture enthusiasts on the platform reached over 83 million in the year of 2019, with 83% of them being under the age of 24. And that was actually a remarkable surge in the volume of video submissions on topics such as ancient style, traditional culture, traditional music, and Chinese dance. These are popular hashtags on that platform, and this trend is obviously evident in the makeup sector. Also, data from this platform shows. That in 2022, makeup using traditional Chinese cultural elements is a popular sector on the platform, and the major popular types of videos include makeup transformation tutorials, makeup inspired by figures in ancient paintings in China, and also creative fusion makeup and tutorials teaching you how to you know create those traditional Chinese style makeup. And also, these kind of videos are attracting an increasing number of young audiences because you are seeing the number of viewers under the age of 18 on that platform has grown. You know,、uh, increasingly compared to previous years. So basically, you can see young people—they are trying to, can we say, rediscovering the beauty of、um, those traditional Chinese culture, and also, especially in this discussion, aesthetics.、Uh, I mean, in makeup sector, and they are also trying to. 
you know, have little recreation. They are not only, you know, copying ancient makeup, like the way how ancient people did makeup. They are really, you know, integrate those techniques, those um, tastes and those aesthetics with modern designs and modern mm. flavors. Yeah, mm. definitely. And when we talk about traditional style of makeup, what are we even talking about? Look at China's history, which is so long, vast, and just there's an ocean of information waiting to be discovered. And I suspect that most of the people out there doing the so-called traditional Chinese style of makeup, they don't know what exactly they're doing. Um, it's not necessarily like they studied history, but you see all this kind of style taken over on social media, in TV drama, and all these places. And you kind of want to look beautiful. And now it's just interesting to see that the a strand of what's seen as beautiful for Chinese young people is going back into history and uh, going back into style, homegrown, and uh, it could be part of it. And I was just considering China had at least 13 ruling dynasties in our history. So when they say, so there's, you know, is it the Tang dynasty? Is it Wei Jin Nanbei Chao? Is it Qing? Is it what? So, yeah. I don't think these kids know. I honestly think, <laughs> like you were saying, I think it's an aesthetic thing. I think that, you know, look, fashion always kind of looks backwards. Um, there's always, I mean, they look forward, but there's always a repetition of of, of trends that, that comes up. I, I just think of, for example, like cargo um, has always come in and out of fashion over the decades. And this trend, well, first of all, the, the size of the youth market, I mean, you said 83 million people. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. size of the the markets in China is just staggering. There's just so many opportunities for people to create successful brands and companies and make money. Like it's it's it, the social media market in China must be staggering. Mm. Anyway, but um, so they definitely. When I think of young people, I think that they are mostly triggered by visual content, and I think what they're seeing is look, this is beautiful. This is aesthetically pleasing. This is something that is trending. This is something that I want to jump on to. I think that's also something that young people love doing is jumping on the popularity bandwagon. And this does seem to be a hot trend at the moment. I hope there is an element of their thought process that says, oh, this is honoring my culture. This is honoring my heritage. Let me then, you know, look back and kind of discover where I come from, where this traditional clothing and makeup comes from. You know, what am I actually taking part in? I hope that there is that element to it. But realistically, I think that it's a trend and they want to jump in on the trend. And it's also something that they feel like makes them look better and also fit in with the crowd. I think that is probably a huge element of why that generation that you mentioned in that market is getting involved in this trend that we're talking about. Yeah, it's really interesting that you mentioned fitting into the crowd. Because mm. I think, in a way, there's a little bit of um, paradoxical kind of mentality of young people. It's almost like you want to fit in but you also want to stand yes. out right. <laughs> this morning in the subway when everybody I... <laughs> wants to be unique that's the weird thing everyone wants to be unique and like they kind of all end up doing the same thing but I, I get what you're saying it is definitely a paradox yeah and this morning in the subway i saw this girl she was she had the full traditional chinese style makeup on and i couldn't really attribute what dynasty that was but she looked pretty and i would love to go up to her and be like do you know what dynasty that comes from can <laughs> you tell me about your look like can you tell me about the historical relevance of this outfit and this makeup that would be a very interesting uh docuseries yeah and, not, and not to attack people i think you know if you're doing it for purely aesthetic reasons that's also fantastic 
but it would be great to use this trending topic at the moment to also take a historical look at the significance of the outfits and the makeup and how it relates to Chinese culture culture and heritage. Yeah, and yeah, we're not throwing shade on people, um, <laughs> but there are certain uh, people who are very much into trying to study more about it. And of course, some who are just jumping on the fashion bandwagon in that sense. And uh, the girl that I was just talking about, she had also the full Han Fu on. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm not an expert. So to me, it's just traditional Chinese style clothing of I don't know what dynasty and apparently for an expert or some you know Han Fu buff would say oh you got that wrong you know it has to be is it the left collar on top of the right collar or the other way around otherwise you're offending like half of the uh, population men or women I can't remember but that was like what it was yeah so for young people then And this person is one example, and you see them on the streets now. And on the one hand, it's young people saying that this is my identity or this is what I want to identify with, and I want you to know this is who I am, even with a glimpse in the street. But on the other hand, you know, this is what young people think is cool, and they're kind of fitting in with the cool crowd in a way. So how complicated are you? <laughs> well, I think that's the tricky point here, because when you are seeing like more people, especially young people, are wearing such traditional clothing going on the streets, and maybe there are like so-called professionals, they may be challenging, you are doing it in a wrong way. But the thing is that what they have done has already led more people to know about this kind of clothing. Mm. I mean, even before, say, years ago, you don't really see a lot of people wearing such hand clothing on the streets here in China. Maybe hand clothing was only a very niche hobby for a lot of like hand clothing lovers. They maybe held different events on different occasions. It is still a very niche thing for the general public. But now you're seeing more people there wearing such clothing, you know, maybe to work like our colleagues do does every day. So you can let more people to firstly know about this thing. It it exists. And maybe for those people who are interested in and curious about it, they can just get to learn more about it. I would also mm. hope that if someone that is an expert on a certain, you know, uh, aspect of traditional clothing or makeup saw someone that is trying to honor that, whether it be for fashionable reasons or for historical reasons that they wouldn't approach them with aggression and say you're doing this wrong like you're offending us i hope they would say oh like this is fantastic let me explain to you how this works let me help you i can make this better for you and it can be more historically accurate (laughs) so i would hope that that would be the approach especially if it's an older person you know um approaching a younger person i know that for some people they are very um what's uh not stubborn but they they take it so seriously that they can't really um be relaxed about it you know if they see something that's wrong about it it it, it immediately triggers offensive triggers in their brain Mm -hmm. but you would hope that if some people are that interested in it that they just take a moment take a breath and say look this is a young person that's trying to honor their (laughs) culture and their heritage even if they're doing it for the wrong reason let me approach this person and make them feel better about it and help them do it better and potentially even spread that message further and get Mm. more people to to take part i really like your attitude (laughs) and outlook to life because there are purists in this aspect and every single subject big or small everywhere and um online they they all can speak and they <laughs> and all... it's normally hate right it's normally like she's getting this wrong she's doing the makeup wrong or whatever like but that is definitely a social media trend people tend to not try and help each other they normally say 
if it's perfect, they won't say anything. But if there's a tiny thing wrong, like even a grammatical error in someone's post, they just jump on board and start attacking people. And that's, I guess, the toxic side of social media. But in person, for, you know, I would hope that, like I said earlier, if someone that is genuinely an expert on a certain type of clothing or uh, makeup approaches a young person, I hope they approach them with that knowledge, but in a more positive helpful way. Yes, and in so many different aspects of life, we could do that. Yeah. But there's an interesting uh, point you mentioned there that um, in China, I suspect that an older person, unless this person is like a professor in this given field, mm-hmm. Otherwise, older people have no idea about the so-called traditional Chinese makeup style. Because it's interesting that, Li Yi, you mentioned earlier, and also you sort of uh, stopped for a minute and said, is it rediscover Mm. this trend? Because you are talking about something that in theory is very, very old or it's rooted in our heritage. But in fact, it's also very, very modern, very, very new, and it's the young of the young people who adopt the style and take pride in it. So also, have we even given people some examples about what exactly is this style? Could you give us a little bit of, can you find it? Or maybe I can say a few words. Yeah, um, I think that's the interesting point here. Because when we're talking about traditional Chinese culture, it should be something like from the past, it should be something that our elder generations are more familiar with. But nowadays, you're seeing those creations and creative products coming from this say, Guo Chao trend, which are primarily targeting younger generations or younger consumers, and which are actually popular among young consumers. Part of the reason might be, they are really trying to recreating such say cultural thing with a modern approach because they are not only like copying or producing say ancient painting and selling it to uh, consumers they are really maybe say using such designs and put it on say your stationary bags or your mobile phone and also your clothing something like that which can be quite attractive for young consumers and also for this topic we're discussing today for the makeup thing as I said, they are not only say copying ancient makeup, they are also trying to integrating those ancient tastes with modern designs. For example, they are creating a kind of new Chinese style makeup, which features a clean and natural base and, and also harmonious coordination of eyeshadow, lipstick and blush colors. The most important thing is like those young girls, they want to say look elegant and classical in a way that has been presented in a lot of ancient dramas or ancient paintings, which many people consider as a representation of traditional Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. And a lot, yeah, and they see a lot of this being shown in TV drama, but yes. a lot of these TV drama, they only look traditional slash ancient Chinese in the facade. Mm. And the story they tell often, I'm like, this is a 21st century story and this is the classic love triangle. And (laughs) so I I think there is this interesting reinterpretation of what people perceive as traditional, as, oh, this is supposed to be from the Tang dynasty or the um, Yuan dynasty or whatever it is. But certainly it's a departure from the European slash and also Western makeup styles that you see very common in com- the Kardashians or whoever, yeah. those people. This is more, I think, focusing on the features of a Chinese person and making your own features 
stand out and look harmonious together. And I think that's also really good if this is because you're a Chinese person and you look you want to look Chinese and beautiful. But this trend also seems to be a uniquely Chinese thing, because when you talk about Western culture and that that sort of influence and the influence that media and social media has on that young generation, again, historical clothing and TV shows and social media uh, aspects are also becoming popular. Think of, you know, the likes of um, Bridgerton. Um, uh, what's that other show where Downton Abbey, you know, mm. those are very popular shows where people dress in traditional European outfits mm. and U- European makeup. But younger generations are watching these shows and consuming these shows, mm. but they're not dressing like mm. them. They're not taking on the, the makeup styles of the people back then. So this is quite interesting. It's a, it seems to be uniquely Chinese where people are watching content that is historical in nature and theme and in terms of the 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 content but they're actually wanting to mirror what is being worn and what is being shown in terms of the makeup and that kind of thing and that doesn't seem to be happening elsewhere in the world yeah that's fascinating because i think they're taking some of these traditional elements but it's also equally as important to make it up to date today. Mm. So it's almost like a recreation of some sort, but yeah. or like it's an inspiration. So they're yeah. using the ancient, well, not ancient, traditional makeup and outfits to then inspire them to integrate that into modern makeup and fashion, perhaps, which I guess also does happen in Europe and the States to a certain extent, but I don't think quite to this degree where it's the outfits and the makeup that you're seeing really does look like it has been taken from hundreds or thousands of years ago and being brought into the modern day and being seen on the streets. That does seem to be uniquely Chinese, which is fascinating to see. I think um, I just uh, think about a point. I'm not really sure if it's far-fetched. Maybe because, especially in our education, our parents and teachers, we really want our kids to remember the mm. history. And we want our kids to know the past stories from especially ancient China. And uh, in history classes, we teach a lot of like lessons about that. And now you're seeing kind of similar trend in the uh in the business market that maybe of course those business companies they're trying to make money by you know incorporating <laughs> such cultural elements they're trying to attract younger consumers but overall you are also seeing a lot of say educational institutions or universities or something like uh, public organizations they're also doing the same yeah. thing because they want young people to really know what's been about in the past few say thousands of years and uh, also they want this history stories to be passed on uh, from generations to generations but the unique chinese elements of that is that it seems to be then reflected in clothing and makeup whereas i think even in the states and in europe there's also a push to get people to learn their histories and to realize that there's also certain narratives of certain histories. So a lot of narratives are being rewritten, particularly in the States. There's a huge battle in terms of historical narratives, but it's not then being uh, transitioned into fashion and makeup and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, whereas that seems to be happening in China amongst young people, which is fascinating and I think definitely unique. That is really interesting. And I think we need to wait and see, let it simmer a little bit Mm. longer to see what exactly is going on. Because this has only had the history of 10 years, if less than that, maybe, this trend. But I mean, if a trend can go on for that long, then maybe it's here to stay. (laughs) Yeah. And certainly we're seeing that the whole cosmetic market here in China is reacting to it. And this is a part that I think 
the homegrown brands,、mm. and boy, there are a lot of them in recent years, and they have spearheaded in the efforts of adding fuel to this trend, if not making money. I would assume. Hand over fist over the products. Yes, I think the trend has definitely affected the cosmetics industry here in China. I mean, previously, maybe decades ago, you can see the、uh, makeup industry here in China was kind of dominated by international brands. But nowadays, you can see definitely a surge of domestic brands. I mean, according to the latest data, domestic cosmetics companies have a market share of fifty-six percent.、Oh. So that's quite a lot of. Percentage here in the local market,、mm. and also a lot of like local brands. They're also taking the advantage of maybe better knowing of the market and its、uh, users, and they're releasing and launching a lot of products that incorporate traditional Chinese culture and with、uh, smart designs. I、mm. think that's also a perception that Westerners have coming here. They think that look, China is becoming more and more Westernized. Which it is in certain aspects, but we also think we'd get here, and everyone is mirroring fashions from Europe and the United States, and that and and that's definitely something I thought that I would see when coming here. And like we've explored, that doesn't seem to be the case. The trend in the last ten years is that clothing and makeup trends seem to be leading towards more Chinese traditional elements, which is something I think that the the rest of the world is not aware of. It seems to be a trend that is happening in China, but isn't. It's it's not known about globally because obviously people whenever they enter a new country or whatever they come with their certain percept- perceptions of what they might see and what they might experience and what I've seen on the streets in terms of what young people are wearing and how they、um, present themselves. Is completely different to what I was expecting. Yes, exactly. I think the way we define beauty has changed during the past few years. I vividly remember that when I was in college, which was about ten years ago. At that time, I think the pop culture from South Korea was extremely popular here in China. Those drama shows and entertainment shows, and also the way those female celebrities put on makeup,、mm. also influenced a lot of young girls in China at that time. So. Maybe the lipsticks that they use,、um, which can kind of pink,、uh, were quite popular in China. But nowadays, you can see a lot of younger consumers they are embracing something called traditional Chinese style makeup, which features say red lipsticks and which can vividly tell you are a Chinese person.、Mm. So if you put it in a very simple way, so I think this kind of uh, changing uh, aesthetics also cast、um, say influence on the overall makeup industry. So interesting,、mm. yeah.、Mm. And also. You know, when we talk about red, there are、uh, more than a hundred different types of red. So <laughs>、um, maybe you're referring to a kind of royal red that, when a Chinese person sees it, you know, it's kind of it draws inspirations possibly from the red wall of、um, the Forbidden City or something like that.、Yeah. And、uh, it's so interesting how we respond to these, the colors or the sound or the smell or all these things, and they carry. History they carry, they carry so much,、mm-hmm. and、uh, and it speaks to us. And I think it just makes so much sense that when you're talking about this huge locality, which inhabits the Chinese population, and of course you want something that is yours,、mm-hmm. that reflects your features, that enhances your features in your way, because it's like, for example, Chinese people don't. Most of us don't have super high bridge、right. of the nose, and it just every time 
appalls me when I see someone uh, either through filters or maybe cosmetic surgery. Yeah. And then on your Chinese face, out of nowhere, it's like a skyscraper sticks out. <laughs> Is that beautiful? If you want that beautiful, you have to change your whole face. But I so, think that's the main takeaway, though. There seems to be a lot more of a local influence on youngsters in terms of their fashion and their makeup than there was in the past. Whereas I think like 10 years ago, when, it, when you were in university, the main influence in terms of pop culture and what people wanted to represent was international. Yes. And that yeah. seems to be changing rapidly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it there, uh, it's like a... It's a evolving picture. Mm. I remember when I was a middle school girl and um, cycling from school to home. I passed these uh, shopping malls. They were just springing up in in Beijing with these ginormous um, like wall-to-wall advertisement. And I remember seeing an Oscar-winning actress. Right. It would be like all white girls or all white guys. Yes. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I didn't... Maybe also because I was quite young and naive and susceptible to everything. So A a marketer's dream. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking, oh, that's possibly the international currency of beauty mm-hmm. and i didn't think too much about it and uh yeah big uh, international cosmetic but it had a huge rent. influence right as a youngster i'm sure well i think it's i would never change my face for that but i remember just uh it seeps through your little brain mm. and you're thinking okay so that's steam beautiful and that's so dangerous for young girls you know just saying that something that i is deemed the international standard of beauty and you think they think to themselves wow i don't look like that why don't i like look like that and what can i do to look like that see i wasn't such a deep thinker you're lucky (laughs) i didn't think why don't i look that or what can i do to look like that i just and then but later on in years maybe 10 years later i remember seeing again a a white actress on one of those uh, advertisements of an international brand and i remember thinking i think she's very pretty for Caucasians. And I remember thinking, what's the relevance of her to me? Exactly. Because I don't look like that. And I don't think... And I'm proud of what I am, and even without makeup. So and I think Chinese, there's no relevance. Yeah, and I think Chinese companies have realized that mentality that, look, you know, we're not going to influence people to change the way they are. We're going to try and create products that enhances their own natural elements to make themselves more pretty or whatever it may be. But I think that that image of saying, this is the international standard of beauty. If you don't look like this, there's something wrong with you. That seems to be changing in China and globally. And I think that's a very good thing, particularly for young women. I think it's critical that they are presented with um, aspirational figures that look like them, I think, and are from places that they are from. I think that's very important. And can I also just point out that, of course, you know, a certain part of that is happening, and I think that's very positive. But now people are just on their smartphones so much of their time, and look at the stuff that we get pushed everywhere. They're through these meticulously crafted filters of, and it could be Chinese traditional makeup style, but those beauty standards are still unrealistic, utterly yeah. unattainable. And now just with one click of a filter, you can look like that, but only on your smartphone. And how do we feel about that? What kind of effect does that have on our brains long term? So, well, 
let us know what you think. You can always reach us through EZFMRoundtable at foxmail.com. And we would love to hear what you think about the show and all the topics we discuss, or even a topic that you think you want to hear us discuss. Feel free to suggest that. And thank you so much, Brandon and Li Yi, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We will see you next time. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable.